Oh, look at that. It's recording. Okay, welcome back, pedal heads. Hey, the light came back on. Yeah. Yay! Yay! We can see. What if it doesn't welcome respond to movement, back but to sound? Shut up, Lugger. To Crossbows Incarnation Season 2. Huzzah. Yes. Part D. So, we got a new homebrew campaign we're going to run. Um, we got all new characters we're going to place in here, and John is going to be a player, and me, Thank Clint, God. is taking over as DM. And there's no bars. Except for Tom, he's always a fucking bard. You may not have the charisma for it, but we know better. I have the charisma for it. The score may not be right. (laughs) (laughs) This is going to be our session zero, so these guys can learn the new table rules and just basically get a feel for their character. So, Logan, why don't you start us off and tell us what you are. I'm going to be playing as a human fighter this time. His name is Jericho Hawthorne. John? I'm going to be playing a half-elf monk named Alexander Glossidius. Thomas? I am an astral elf who goes by the moniker Ethereum Void Petal. And what's your class? I am a cleric. <laughs> Derek? I'm going to be playing an orcish butler barbarian named Sumg. Sumg. With, Sumg. A, with, a, with a hard G. Hard G on you, Sumg. And our new player, Hallie. I will be playing a delightfully chaotic fairy druid named Clover. Yay. <laughs> delightfully okay. chaotic. That remains to be seen. Let's see what happens. <laughs> All right. Two chaos engines at the table. We have five chaos That's engines fair. at the table. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, my character to won't be, be fair. Chaos engine. I mean, Honestly, yeah, you're probably going to have to be the, like, fucking cat wrangler of the group this time, I, I didn't mean for that, but I've, it, I've thought it, about Logan, it. And Logan's character is the everyman. Yeah, he's the everyman. He's also the everyman chaos engine. It's Logan. Fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> your your guy's, right. like, in the feet or something. Like, I, weird. Right? <laughs> don't give him ideas. Not that being in the feet is weird, but I'm just like. It's fucking weird. I'll there's, go ahead. There's going to be something. There's nothing wrong with it, but it's a little weird. Yeah. Especially if it's just like it could it could be. I mean, weirder. you can do it. That's Logan's fine. Like, but do it way the fuck away from me because I find it very strange. All right, Logan looks anyways, very offended. Right we're not. Now. I do. <laughs> There's nothing weird about this character. I'm telling you. <laughs> you understand? Not a single fucking person believes you. I know. You. <laughs> no, that's how he's gonna play. He's gonna play it so normal it freaks us out. I know that's what it is. I think I'm the only one looking forward to his character. Is he's normal. <laughs> All right, so the new table rules I'm going to implement in this. Um, when it comes to health potions, if you're in combat, you can use a bonus action to drink a health potion, and then you roll whatever the health potion is, and you take that. Or you can opt to use as a full action, and you just get max whatever the health potion is. Ooh, okay. Because I see it as if you're doing it as a bonus action, you're popping the cork and just fucking chugging real fast and getting a mouthful. Shit misses hands. something, whatever. But if you take the action, you're uncorking, you're doing that, so you can take the max on the health potions. How would that work if we? I'm not saying we will, mm-hmm. but if we were to get the uh, what is it called, the helmet of health potion? <laughs> that stupid fucking. <laughs> well, you take w- a, you stop and take a long draw. <laughs> yeah, that's you. Pretty much have to focus to get the straws in your mouth ah, and everything. Okay, that's, so okay. Yeah, okay. Section, you're just like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would be a full action to drink out of two health potions. Um, on a nat one. We're gonna do this a little bit different on this one. Nat ones just mean you fail. Mm. Like when it happens. Um, Whatever you're attempting, it just fails. You miss your swing. Fucking, you can't pick the lock. You know, you drop whatever you're going to catch. But it's going to go as a tally. And when you reach a certain point, you're going to critical fucking fail whatever you just network. So if, you've, are you, if you're in combat and you're fighting and you hit the net one that puts you at the top of your tally, maybe your weapon breaks. Maybe your shield cracks. Maybe, you know, you lose part of your arm. Something. It's not something that can't be fixed or repaired, but it's going to be pretty detrimental Cat for a little while. Yeah. yeah. Have some okay. Okay. Oh, Hawkthorn over there is going to be walking around with his arm for a little bit until 
He's gonna have that thing stitched on, and then he's gonna tie a rope around his fucking sword, and he's gonna be like, all right, let's fucking get it. Straight up give my dude a whip. He's a monk. I could do it as a monk weapon and use just a whip on my stub. <laughs> on my stump and use a whip. I'm pretty sure you have... can find a cleric that could do greater restoration. But on death saves, it still just only counts as two, even if it puts you past okay, your, cool. your, right. I'm not going to wipe you out just as that. Um, ties on an attack roll is going to be half damage, like we did before. Um, but ties on any kind of saves... If you tie the save, you pass. Okay. So if you're spell casting and stuff like that, we got to keep track of that. Um, this one's going to be interesting because I want to see how bad you guys try to break the game on this. Um, after each long rest, you are all given five retcon points. You can use these anytime, anywhere. It doesn't cost an action. Um... Basically, you tell me we get into a situation and, you know, shit, you need a grappling hook. Well, you meant to buy one back in town. Okay, I want to spend some retcon points to say I bought a grappling hook. All right, that cost you two retcon points. All right, the more... The more oh shit, the more... The more wackadoodle you make it and the more like, well, we should have a team of horses here. Okay, you're in the middle of the fucking desert. Why do you need? Why should you have a team of horses? Well, maybe a pack of wild horses runs by. That's gonna cost you a fuck ton of points. So, you just all share your points to make <laughs> this happen. But so something like, okay, my character would have known we're going into a cave. He would have grabbed a grappling hook. Exactly. How many something like that. Like I mean, because we've gone. Yeah, if you can explain it, cool. and it makes sense, it's gonna cost you less points. But if you want to do something fantastical. If it's within the realm of possibility, I'm probably going to allow it. It's just going to cost you a fuck ton of points. I didn't, I didn't get to make this argument in season one, so I'll make it tell. Does me having a dark vision help that at all? <laughs> no. Damn. How, what's the range on your dark vision? 60. I got 300. What the fuck? And I can share it with up to 10 people for an hour. Yeah, he's playing a broken-ass class. Yeah, I'm going to have fun <laughs> fucking with him. It's the, yeah. It's, it, there's so much shit. I'm just going to be it's like, gonna be yeah, bad. no. Yeah, no. It's going to be bad. Yeah, no. Okay, the last thing I've got is targeted shots. If you guys want to call your shots, fine. We'll just add some to the AC or something like that. Like, you want to fucking gouge a guy's eye out to blind him? All right, maybe it bumps the points up a few. But if you want to actually target shots and say, you know, I want to strike the limb that's holding the sword so he drops it, Okay, we can do that. It's, I mean, we've got a monk and barbarian. Why well, no? It, it's yeah. just if you want to do something to help, like <laughs> and a mercenary, hey, I'm, like I'm yeah, cool. let's let's and get just, into techniques and shit. That sounds fun. Yeah, to like, I mean, help nope. yourselves in combat or just make combat a little more interesting. That way, we're not just I hit them. Yeah, I smack the shit. Uh, how are we doing? Nat twenties. I have a nat twenty table. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I rewrote one. Um, so on a nat twenty, and I'll keep this table here. Um, if you roll, you re-roll your 20 again, like we did last time. Uh, one through five is just double damage, so roll damage twice and add your modifier once. Uh, you roll six through 10, it's gonna be max damage. 11 through 15 is max damage, plus the target has disadvantage on its next attack. Basically, you fucking knock it for a loop. Uh, if you roll a 16, the target takes an extra 1d6 of bleed damage for two rounds. Uh, 17 is target is hit, is hit hard enough to lose vision, and they're blinded until the end of its next turn. Um, 18 is target is hit hard enough to fear the attacker, and they must immediately use their action or reaction to run full speed from the attacker until the beginning of the next turn. Which I'll also do if somebody is frightened or commanded or something to run past, like it's like we do, like sometimes the guys have to use their movement to run. Uh, we'll, roll a, we'll roll a perception check on whoever would get an opportunity attack, and if you roll high enough, we'll say that you were watching the battle closely enough to get an opportunity attack on this running fucker. And they're so distracted. Yeah, it's... Uh, 19, target is stunned until the beginning of its next turn. Once it recovers from stunned, it is confused and will attack whatever is closer to it until the end of its next turn. And 20, of course, is you fucking murder the bastard. However you see fit. In, now, what about on, on a us? boss? On a boss, probably would be like half damage depending on how low you Okay, can. cool. It's just, just 
Not worried about it, but right. just in case we were going to chronicle it later, we yeah, have it on somewhere Just in case. But All right. So that's that's our... You guys got any questions or comments on the table rules you want to go through? Yeah. If we roll a nat 20, does it take away one of the nat 1 points? Nope. Okay. <laughs> Good idea. Uh, are we going to do, like, emphasis rolls at any point, you think? I really like that rule. Uh, I like it, it but I didn't watch it enough to, like, know how to do it. So we might do it so later on. All it is, you for emphasis, you roll 2d20s when you do the emphasis roll, mm-hmm. and you take the number that is closer to 1 or 20. Okay, yeah. yeah. That's all it is. Just I'll, whatever's furthest from the, yeah. Let me research up, and then, I mean, I I remember watching the video, and I thought it was a really cool idea, but I didn't pay enough attention to it to actually implement in, so. I only remember uh, that because I saw that video again like a week ago. Okay. So... We're about to get into our session zero, so you guys can tool around with your characters a bit. Mm. Does anybody want to volunteer to go first? Fuck it. All right, Logan's going in. All right, so Logan, uh, give us a description of your character and a little bit of his background. He's as boring. He's as boring as a human can get. Short brown hair, brown eyes, just... Five foot eleven. Yeah. You know. You know, standard stuff for humans. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, fellow humans. <laughs> okay, so what's what's his deal? Um, well, he didn't want to be a farmer or rancher mostly. He didn't want to be a rancher like his family before him. So whenever a mercenary company moved into town, he signed up as soon as he could. And he's been with them since. All right, sweet. All right, so It's been three months since you left home and joined the ranks with the Rusted Blade Mercenary Company. Unfortunately, it is not the high adventure, massive payday your recruiter made it out to be. Because of your farming background and your inexperience in combat, you have been mostly working in a storehouse loading crops bound for the troops on the front. You and your new friend, Nigel, are loading the last wagon of the day when your squad leader tells you that the two of you will be sent out as guards for this caravan. Your company has recently hired was recently hired to drive back a war band of orcs plaguing the villages east of Baldur's Gate. You and Nigel hurriedly grab your gear and set out with the convoy. You've been briefed that supply convoys have been getting sacked by goblins in league with the war band. The first full day goes quietly as you talk with your fellow mercs. As dusk approaches, you all begin to make camp, and you and Nigel set up your bedrolls near a cart. Fucking hell! Yep, yeah, that was a long, long walk there, buddy. Yeah. But it's good to be out here and not back in that warehouse, huh? Yeah. It, yeah, it's all It's right. getting raw. It's getting pretty fucking stuffy back there. Yep. Well, I'm gonna... I'm gonna hit the old hay here. Nigel goes to lay down into the onto his bedroll. Uh, roll me a perception check, please. All right. Uh, not very good so far. Uh, perception? Yes. That is a eight. An eight. Okay. Well, you're busy watching Nigel as he's like getting into his bedroll and like doing his weird nighttime routine you've seen before and scratching his balls, scratching his butt, and then, you know, slapping his knee. You don't understand it, but it amuses you. Okay, roll me a dex check. What we don't see is his jerk. <laughs> <laughs> There's you some weird movement in his bedroll. <laughs> that is a 13. Okay, 13. As you're about to lay down, you hear the twanging of a bow and the hiss of an arrow, and you're able to roll out of your bed just in time as an arrow lands right into your bed. Fucking shit, it's an ambush! Uh, You see Nigel slump completely down flat with an arrow in his chest. You also see two goblins run into the woods. Several others are killed or wounded in a hit-and-run attack. The convoy leader orders all that are able to pursue the goblins. So as you as you dodge the attack, Nigel takes one straight to the chest, and he you can see that he's he's not going to make it. That's in his heart. And your convoy commander is yelling to you know pursue the goblins because there's a whole bunch more attacking around the convoy. My fucker, you're dead! And he grabs his greatsword and fucking bolts after him. Okay. After a short chase through the woods, you corner the goblins in a briar thicket. There's two goblins standing in front of you with short bows and what looks to be daggers on their hips. Let's roll initiative. Okay, all right. 
All right. What do you got? 17. All right. So you're going to go first. So what do you do? They um, are probably about 15 feet in front of you. He's going to go up to the first one, and he's going to take a swing. All right. Go ahead. That's not great. Uh, I'll start feeling better. That's an 11. 11. Okay. Will you swing, and this thing just... His buddy reaches over and just pushes him just a little bit out of the way just as your blade comes down on top and hits into the ground. Um, his buddy pulls out his dagger, and he's going to try to stab you. That is going to be a 19 to hit. Yeah, yeah, that hits. All right, oh, yeah. All right so... I have guidance. That's good. <laughs> you don't have guidance right now. <laughs> it's going to be uh, two slashing damage that you take. Oh, no. And then his buddy also jumps up and pulls his dagger. We're friends, right? We're like buddies. But would you roll, bud? <laughs> he rolls in that 20. So that's going to be um, six slashing damage. Okay. Okay. And you're back up. Is he? <laughs> I fucking hope so. He is the fighter. He should have the most health out of this. Um, yeah, but the no barbarian's got a D12. Health you know the curse of the D4s, John. They play. All right, that's what you doing, bud. He's gonna take a swing. Okay. Ten. 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 Yeah, I need a new D20. Okay. All right. So again, you're you're kind of swinging wild, but you've kind of still got the image of your your friend Nigel dying there. So you're not swinging as well. So the first goblin's gonna swing back at you again. That's going to be a 12. No. Okay. He misses. The second one's going to swing. Um, what about a seven? Seven? Does no. A okay. seven does not hit. All right. As soon as he swings and both of them miss, the second goblin goes to turn and runs and tries to run away from you into the briar thicket. So you're going to get an attack of opportunity on him. All right. We're, we're, we're buddies, right? <laughs> <laughs> Hold on. Yeah, we're buddies. What's up? Let's, uh, let's let's see what the magical numbers want to give me today. Seven. Did you roll a twenty? Yes, I did. Okay. Then I will put away the net. What? Max straight max. Oh. <laughs> yeah, like I remember. Yeah, I wrote it down. Just straight max. Is it straight yes, max? Yeah, straight max. All right. So max damage. Uh, that's fifteen damage. So oh, he's dude's turned. I, I know. <laughs> he's he is gone. So. The other one sees this and kind of freaks out a bit, but it's your turn, so. Well, you know what I'm going to do. <laughs> that is a 16. That will also hit. All right. Okay. Uh, 2d6 damage. Oh, shit. You're doing a greatsword. Yeah, I am doing my greatsword. Uh, so the without the modifier, that's nine damage. Okay. What's with your modifier? That is... 12. 12, okay. Yeah, he also turns into a puddle. I mean, it's... <coughs> you stand there and you're in a rage, just goblin blood everywhere. So as you stand over the bodies of the goblin that killed your friend, you notice a darkness swirling through the briars. Before you're able to react, a sphere of darkness surrounds you, and you feel like you begin to fall. Shit. We'll pick up with you here in a minute. Who wants to go next? I would say do me and Derek last since ours is kind of a combo thing. Okay. Yeah. That's fine. Tom, Hallie? Oh, you want Hallie to go next? I'll go, go first. About her pixie. Fine, Tom. Okay. I'll take it. Yeah. All right. So give us a description and a little bit of backstory on your character. My character's name is Clover. She is a tiny and feisty fairy druid. And she woke up one day with complete amnesia in the middle of a forest in a field full of beautiful clovers. She had a bag with her, and she looked inside of it and saw that she had quite a few cigarettes. She likes tobacco, by the way, um, and a lighter and a blank book. She looked at the bag and thought, okay, I probably need to do something with that. Then she looked around her and realized that she knew what every plant surrounding her was, and she knew everything about it. But that was all she knows. No idea who she is. Um, so she lights a cigarette and smokes it and feels at peace with the world. And then she lights another one and she lights the other one. And then suddenly she's out of them. <laughs> suddenly a very angry little fairy. Um, she starts to walk around and she is trying to sniff out the smell of tobacco with her nose. 
and she flies away until she lands on a tobacco farm where she meets some people who take her in and she starts a new life. Uh, and for the listeners, mechanically, she keeps saying tiny, but she is actually a small character. So oh, you can keep you. saying tiny. That's fine. But there I'm going is. to. OK. Yeah. But she will be playing as a small character. You're, you're okay. like a foot and a half, two foot tall. Two foot tall, I think, is small. I think I was, we said two feet, right? Just two feet? Yeah. Something like that when we talked. Because I asked that last weekend. <clears throat> so now that we can talk, is it that wacky tobacco? Nope. It was it's killing me not stuff, to man. say that. <laughs> she uh, might call it tobacco, though. That's a possibility. I, just, <laughs> I remember hearing an older person when I was real little call it wacky tobacco when someone said marijuana as a kid. Okay, so um, you said you were living basically on a commune with yep. tobacco farmers and stuff? Exactly. Um, <laughs> Growing my favorite thing mm-hmm. and learning about all the plants. Well, taking notes of them in my blank book okay. as I find them. Did you leave the commune? Um, I did eventually leave okay. the commune okay. in search of more plants for my book. Cool. All right. After you leave the commune, you're wandering across area of Adelgast cataloging all the plants and fungi you can find. You find yourself in a dense section of a forest. As you get deeper into it, the trees begin to grow together much, much thicker. You see a path that leads off to the east that resembles a tunnel with how the growth is. So you can keep going the way you're going, or... I gotta check out what's in that tunnel. Oh, you wanna check out the wood tunnel? Okay. Alright, so you're gonna walk about 20 feet down and you enter into a large clearing. In the center is a large round boulder. The wood creates a wall around the clearing, and the clearing's about 60 feet across. There are wildflowers growing in patches all over. There's a slight eerie and unsettling feeling about the place, but not malevolent. As you look around, you see two skeletons laying against a rock holding hands. One skeleton is holding a dagger, the other is holding a vial. There's a large yellow flower you have never seen before growing through the chest of one of the skeletons. Well, I'm sure I'm going to start by sitting down and lighting a cigarette and trying to analyze what that flower could possibly be. Okay. As you're looking at it, it's you've never seen it, and for some reason you can't, like how you catalog everything else, this one's not just coming to you like it normally does. I think I go closer and investigate. Okay. Well, you get closer, roll me an investigation check. So, D20. Eight. Do you have any modifiers? Three. Modifiers. Do you have investigation as I do not. Okay. What is that? Intelligence? Plus two? Okay, so five. Again, even looking at it as close as you are, it, you can't. It's I decide that maybe what I need to do to fix that is to go ahead and cut it and put it in my book and maybe it'll fill itself in. Okay. That would make sense. So you reach out and do you have like shears or do you just like pull stuff up? How do you cut it my long nail? <laughs> She's got a coke nail. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you reach out and you grab hold of the stock and then you trim it with your nail. And as soon as you do, the two skeletons start getting up off the ground. So roll initiative. 17. Okay. All right, so the one holding the vial is able to hop up quicker as you kind of scramble back because... This is a surprise to you, and they're going to attempt to hit you with their bony hands. That is going to be six against your armor class. Okay. Twelve. So is six, six. bigger than twelve? <laughs> I have no idea how this works. I know, but that's why is six bigger than twelve? No, it's not. Then I do not hit you. Okay. You're able to move out of the way quite deftly to dodge the skeleton's fist. That's good news. Now, as a druid... I mean, in the books, it says the druids are very against undeath because it's not part of the natural world. I don't know how Clover would actually feel about undeath. But that's up to you to say. I think Clover doesn't fit the traditional. She woke up with no memory, so she's not kin to her people. Okay. You just know you're a druid. All right, it's your turn. What would you like to do? I would like to try to talk to the skeletons. Okay, what do you say? I say... How long have you been here? They don't answer. They don't know. Hmm. Well, has my flower filled in its page yet? No. It's not. I ask if there's any sort of a gift that they would like. They still don't answer. Hmm. 
I leave. You go to leave? Yeah. Okay. Well, as you're leaving, the other skeleton gets to make an attack of opportunity on you because you were close enough to him. That's going to be a 15 against your armor class. So 15 is more than 12. It's going to be three bludgeoning damage. Okay. Okay. And you're going to subtract three from your max HP. Seven. Okay. Yeah, keep that part a secret. Oh. <laughs> that big of a deal. Okay, so you are running back out of the clearing? Yes. Is that what you're saying? Okay. Again, you can plan for everything, but you can't plan for your players. That is true. <laughs> um, as you're going to leave... No, I had an idea, and then I lost it. So, um, As you're going to leave, the flower in your hand starts to wilt and turn to dust. I stop, and I slowly go back towards where I found it to see if that helps. Nope. It's basically as you're still going, it's still turning to dust and it's just gone. It doesn't exist anymore. I want to go back and get another flower. There's not. There was only the one. I don't know where to go now. <laughs> I think well, you can keep running there. out. You're fine. Okay, I'll just leave. Okay, so you go to run out. As you're running, you see the skeletons stop. They don't, they're not giving you any pursuit. But while you're running through the tunnel, as soon as you're about to get out the entryway that you came in through and get back on your path again, a large black portal opens up right in front of you, and you're not able to stop because you were running full sprint, and you fall into blackness. Ooh. All right. Tom. Ready. Tom, Tom, Tom. Find your page. Okay. Okay. I have so many notes on this page. Yeah, yours took the longest to write out, by the way. <laughs> So, <laughs> um, I think John and Derek's will probably take the longest because it's more in depth. But yours took the longest to write all the shit out. All right, so give us a tell us about your character. So, um, uh, I, Tom, am playing Ethereum Void Pedal again. But the the general gist is that suddenly I find myself not home, not at home. As myself. I was about to say, as Tom, as you Tom. find yourself not at home. find myself yep. adrift at a sea of blackness with no sensation or anything. And uh, I hear a voice, I guess, in the uh, ether, as it were, of the god Celestian telling me that um, he has something for me to do, and he's gifted me a body, and I need to come to terms with that for a little bit. So uh, I drift calmly, I guess, for a while coming to terms. I don't know how long I've drifted. Uh, so, tell us what you look like. So I am gifted by Ethereum, slowly but surely, an astral elf body. I am a very tall, about six foot two, you know, Ooh. maybe six foot four, somewhere around there. Going to be a um, basketball player. Probably say I'm six foot five, you know, one of those kind of guys. Um, very lithe and not necessarily muscular, but strong looking. And uh, I have platinum going towards like purplish kind of hair. I have uh, lavender eyes and very, very pale skin. Shiny, almost. Um, and a little glimmer like starlight in my eyes. <laughs> <laughs> Prettiest non-bard. Oh, yeah. I'm a fucking, a I'm an astral elf. They're supposed to look kind of ethereal and alien, you know. Um, while I'm adrift in the sea with Celestian, uh, he decides, he tells me that uh, I will be eventually encountering danger and that I need to uh, have a weapon. And he asks me what kind of weapon I want. And I work it out with him that uh, his weapon of choice is usually the spear. And Naginata apparently kind of interests him because he'd never realized it. So we make one and he gives it to me. Along with a set of armor and a shield uh, crafted specifically for me very basic kind of equipment that's been approved by the DM already. Because <laughs> he's the god special boy. I am. I'm. Celestian doesn't have a lot of followers. He yeah. doesn't have his own plane. You know, he explains all this to me, that he is a far traveler. That's uh, his main name. So his realm is the Astral Sea, essentially, and everything that it borders. Um, he uh, wants me to investigate something he thinks, possibly. Um he keeps hinting at, at that, and he works out with me that I will um, possibly be returned to home. He basically guarantees. You got that? Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, 
So he gives me these items. I'll just give the items real quick. Uh, briefly. Briefly, very briefly. So he gives me an an Aegis, a, a little shield, basically, a, a big round shield that kind of shimmers with light with his sigil on it, which is seven stars that all glimmer in different colors. Um, he also gives me a uh, Naginata that's based kind of on a spear, but with a Wakisashi kind of blade um, that glows faintly. And uh, I have a set of very heavy-looking armor. It's all shiny and nebulous and looks kind of like cosmic kind of plate, basically. Um, but it doesn't make a lot of sound. It's mostly shiny. <laughs> it's shiny as fuck. It's medium armor that looks like heavy armor. So, and uh, there we go. I've got backstories on all this shit. Oh, I know. I've, I'm posting somewhere. I've seen them all. Yeah. <laughs> Did you just explain your character looking like as if Gojo was on the episode of Saint Seiya? Kinda. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I told you, fuckers, there ain't no anime in this world. Yeah. Doesn't exist. No, he looks like a fucking paladin. Yeah. Like full plate, big shield, but this giant, lo- this spear that has a sword blade on it, basically. What fucker got Cleave Envy from Kiss Game last Yeah, yeah I did. I did. <laughs> That's true. Um, but he moves pretty quick. You know, he moves differently than you would expect somebody in heavy armor to move. Because it's not heavy armor. Exactly. Are we done? Yeah. Are we done? Yes, I'm done. Well, I was answering a question. I don't give, answer it off fucking mic. Okay. Sorry, Clint. I'll shut the fuck up now. <laughs> no, you won't. <laughs> you That'll like be the first live podcast. <laughs> All right. So you're not sure how long you've been floating in the astral astral plane, or is it called the astral sea? Uh, both. Yeah. Okay. Interchangeable. Sure. Um, but it's not an issue. You have learned to wield your weapon in the time exploring the floating islands. Celestian has pretty much left you alone to your own devices while pondering and viewing other planes. One day, or night, or ten minutes ago? Fuck, we don't know. Time has no meaning here. Celestian voice calls into your mind. Come to me. I have things to show you and tasks to be done. As you wish. All right, so you head to your god's call and move in the direction you are compelled to. You arrive on a small floating grassland with Celestian sitting looking over the edge. He says, look down on this and he beckons and points you to a bubble floating right below you. Hmm. You look at this bubble as you have dozens of times before, but this one is strange. All other planes you have gazed upon were teeming with life or a vast foray of stars, but this one is just filled with a dark, inky smoke that you can't see past. There's only one small sliver of light coming from the bubble. Celestian looks to you and says, I've never seen something such as this. I will send you to this plane so you can make it known to me. Then I will fulfill my end of our promise. But first, I must send you somewhere else to ensure you are prepared for the task. Absolutely. Okay. You bow your head, and then you are standing in an alleyway of a bustling medieval city. For two of this plane's months, you have lived in the city of Waterdeep. You have been able to convert a small but dedicated following to Celestian, enough to have a priest and form a church. As you are making your way through the city, spreading the word of your god, two men step in front of you, each wearing a pendant with the symbol of Mistral. Though most known Mistral to be dead, a few believe with enough worship she will be rewarded. These two have formed... These two had formerly owned the church you now control, but due to lack of followers, they were ousted. They are not pleased with this outcome, and they're standing straight in front of you and basically telling you, give us our shit back. So they're they're literally, like, accosting them, right? Yeah, they're standing in the thing and, like, being like, hey, you took our church. We want it back. Mistral's better than your god, blah, blah, blah. And Meet us by the bike racks after school. We're going to fucking shit. <laughs> Where am I? Where are we again? I'm sorry. You're like in an alleyway. In an alleyway? Yeah, it's yeah. just like right off the thing. You'll get nothing. And I turn to leave. Okay. I put my backs to them. <laughs> fucking rude, bro. <laughs> okay. Well, um, since you're going to turn your back, one of them is going to take a swing at you. Will a 15 hit you? Nope. Okay. 
Well, he misses with his staff, so let's roll initiative. Okay. I get advantage on initiative. Vigilant blessing once. <laughs> no, it's a multi-use ability. No, bullshit. Yes, it is. I'm it's, gonna fucking look that up after it this. It is. Yeah, it is a base ability, basically. It'll be a non-natural twenty. Okay. I can share it, or I can put it on myself. Oh. The next oh. initiative. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, you get to go first. So you have two gentlemen in robes. They seem like they might be a little bit drunk. But you can tell they are followers of Mistral, and you know them as the people that... What did they attack me? You said a quarterstaff? Yeah. Okay. Um, the one that hit me, I'm going to try to slap him across the side of the head with the flat of the Nugganaut blade. All right. Let's do it. Uh, four, 13. 13 will hit him. Yay! Uh, Non-lethal damage. Gotcha. Uh, that'll be a five. Five? Okay. Um, you knock the bloody piss out. I'm like, he's he's reeling, but he's still up on his feet. But you can, I mean, there's some blood coming out the side of his mouth. After, after it hits him or whatever, I'm just going to spin and put the shield in front of me and knock the Naginata right on front and go into his stance and say, Rethink this. The other one's like, Yeah, we thought about it. I think you need to get the fuck out of my church. And please make me a deck save. Because I know you're bad at decks. Yeah. Ooh, it's a 19. Okay, 19. So 21. <laughs> All right. Well, you see this radiant fire erupt from his hand and fly towards you, and you're able to sidestep, and it goes past you. Okay. The other one, um, once again, he's going to try to, he wipes the blood off the side of his mouth and he readies his quarter staff. Um, how about a six? A six going to hit you? No. All right, so that just clangs off your big ass shield. Mm -hmm. And you're back up. Uh, the guy that, so the different guy is who just shot the thing at me, right? Or it's the same guy? There's two guys. There's two guys. Yeah, so the first guy guys. smacked, he swung Yeah, the one that you smacked tried to hit guy. you with the staff. The guy that was right next to him is... Casting Sacred Flame. I'm going the opposite direction with the flat side of my okay. blade into that guy's face. <laughs> uh, 23. 23 will hit. Okay. Non-lethal again. Uh, that'll be seven. Seven. Um, once again, uh, I mean, it's it's a hard, solid hit. His jaw's probably broken, and he's down on one knee, but he's still, like, bleary-eyed looking at you. He's still... He's still conscious. And I, I yell out, back away. They're just, no. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they're not saying anything, but you can tell they're they're not they're giving not up. Gonna it's, up. They're going to keep going. Yeah, the first one that you just knocked the living shit out of there. He, um, he touches his throat real quick, and out of a booming voice, he's like, get out of our church. <laughs> and he casts thaumaturgy on himself to yell at you. <laughs> um, that's an intimidation check. <laughs> okay. So, need you to roll me a uh, wisdom against that. Just flat wisdom. Yeah. Uh, that's a nat 20. Okay. Um, yeah, that beats his 15, so you're not scared of him at all. Okay. It's, it's not a turn. <laughs> but the other guy like, looks at his friend and is like, fuck. And he swings his quarter step at you again. How about a seven? No. Nope. Seven to hit you. Okay. No. Your turn. Okay. I'll swing at the first guy again. Okay. I'm, now I'm back and forth across right. the fence. Okay. It's like fucking now, three stooges over yeah. here. Uh, that'll be a 15. Okay, that'll hit him. Okay. Non-lethal. Uh, four. Um, he is out. Okay. As he goes down, I just say, stay down. Oh, he up, can't hear you. He is I, I say it, but I also, I look at his friend and go, pick up your friend. <laughs> like, let, me make you, let me make you pick him up. You don't know me. So... Do I recognize these guys? You've seen I them around. Kind of and like I said, whenever you first got your temple, you saw them moving stuff out. Um, and you just assumed that they were moving out because they were moving out. You didn't know that they were just cast out yeah. so you could have the lamp spot. But you've seen them, but you don't know them. Okay. Um, so he reaches over and he grabs his buddy's leg. And his buddy glows briefly. And then you can see the blood kind of going back into his mouth. Okay. As he casted Cure Wounds on his friend. Okay. Now it's your turn. 
And while he's casting, I'm gonna. Now I'm aiming for the same temple I keep banging. <laughs> I'm trying to ring his fucking bell. Uh, that'll be a dirty twenty. That'll hit. And you're hitting the guy that just cast your wind. Yes, eleven. Gotcha. Oh yeah, he's now he's unconscious, laying on the ground. Okay. And as you can see, the other guy just is barely waking up, and he's trying to get up off the ground, but he's still dazed and stuff. So I'll give you one more turn. I'm gonna thunk him on top of the head. Okay. He's down on the ground. So oh yeah, he's on the ground, so you would get advantage. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, over twenty. Yeah, that'll hit. Okay. And uh, five. Perfect. That's exact enough to knock his ass back out. All right, so you've got these two acolytes of Nishrul knocked unconscious, laying in the alley. Um, I'm going to take their weapons off of them. Okay. Throw them down the street a little bit and kind of drag them over to the edge of the alley and lean them up against each other. Okay. As you're putting them in their funny pose that you like, I mean, it sounds like you're trying to be nice to them. You know, yeah. And, like, sniff each other. No, I'm, I'm putting them shoulder to shoulder. I'm going to rest their heads on Would each Tom really do that, or would Tom make them sniff I'm going to do that. Butts? Tom is in Waterdeep with a fucking church and doesn't want guard trouble <laughs> at some point. <laughs> All right, so as you're putting these guys up against a wall, you hear Celestian's voice, well done. It is time to return. And within a, while you blink, you are back on the Astral Sea. Celestian stands before you and is, I think you have learned how to use your body. Time for you to go. And it gives you a small shove, and you are falling into the darkness. Okay, uh, I'm going to, I'm falling. You're falling in the darkness. Gotcha. I decide when shit's done, Tom, (laughs) not you. Gotcha. All right, I'm going to pick, I'm going to pick my bonus proficiency. I was in the city. We can do this later. I'm just, I'm saying I'm going to do it. I will talk about it later. Yeah, we'll do it later. All right. John, Derek, since you yes. guys are twinsying up on this. So he's going to start us off. Do you want me to go like full detail backstory? Not full detail. Okay. Just give me like yeah. what Short you look like and yeah, yeah, yeah. the gist. Okay. Start us off, Derek. Uh, so I'm playing some good the orcish barbarian. He is a uh, six foot five. He looks more intimidating than he is. He's very loyal, but looks way scarier. But... <clears throat> So as he was, when he was a young orc, like child. When I was when a I young was orc, my father. <laughs> when Sorry. I led the war band. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, anyway, when he was a young orc, um, they were just at the base of the Red Mountain Valley, and adventurers came through because the orc had a war band that would pillage local towns. Adventurers came through and took out almost all of the part or all of the uh, encampment that he stayed at well he managed to hide and survive that way the thing is is his skin color was he didn't look orcish enough so somebody thought he was half orc and took him into a uh, orphanage and that's where he stayed until my guy picked him up uh his family alexander the half elf monk i'm playing has a noble background. His full noble name is Alexander Victor von Glossidiums. Yeah. I like um, <clears throat> Had a good childhood with his dad. Dad was the human. Mom was the elf. Uh, he studied as a doctor like his father because his mom did die due to a disease when he was young. And then afterwards, since he followed his father, he followed the uh, path of his great ancestor, is a monk of the way of the healing hand, or the hand of mercy. And at this point, he's 119 years old. They He picked Derek's character up with his family from the orphanage. They got along thick as thieves as Derek's character grew up and became his personal butler and friend. Alexander's 119 years old. His dad's dead. His brothers and sisters are dead. His great-grandkids are getting super old. His great-great-grandniece is training to take over. He decides it's time to leave the house. He's done studying, done doing all the monk studies. He's going to go explore the world and spread the family name to do what he can in good. Very nice. All right, so you guys are out on the road doing buddy pal stuff. Yeah. All right. Best friends that anybody could have. (laughs) By the way, Derek, on all my notes now from when I'm writing your name, it's capital S-U-M, capital G. Yes. Okay. (laughs) That's that's correct. I figured you'd like that one. All All right, so... 
Another small town has come into view as Alexander and Sung crest over a hill. You two left the uh, Glacidium estate a month ago to follow the footsteps of your family's founder. Since leaving, you have helped several other people in the hamlets near your family's estates by buying food, covering debts, or healing the sick. You two got word that a strange disease or possibly a curse is going on in the village of Tomlin. As you walk into the town discussing what the cause could be, a man with a staff and wearing a mask over his uh, nose and mouth, uh, he stops you. Oh, gents, uh, there be a plague here. Best be going around uh, if you're traveling through the area. Well, I'm able to help with this, I, and I hold up my medicine bag. I'm like, I am a doctor. Hmm, fancy. Uh, but how's that going to stop you from getting the plague, sir? I take doctor precautions to not get it in my face. Mm. I have medical supplies that protect me from breathing it in. Okay, roll me a persuasion check. That's an eight. That's an eight. All right. It's like, all right, well, yes, you're a doctor and all. News of a friend. All right, well, um, I can tell you this, uh, this plague started with a wet nurse named Sarah. Uh, and just somehow it spread to her family uh, that she was working for. Um, there's been attempts to cure it here, but, but nothing's, nothing's really been successful. I mean, I have my own ideas of what happened, but... Is Sarah still alive? Yeah, she's... she's can you take us to her? Uh, well, I have to stay here, but I can direct you to her. Yeah, and before we go any farther, open up the medical bag and get, like, face masks and stuff to prevent us from inhaling anything like that. Like, whatever I would have standard in the doctor bag for that. Uh, yeah. <clears throat> and then right. get uh, the directions and head that way? Yeah, he tells you... I mean, it's a really small town, so it's like there's, like, Oh, as you're walking through, you can see that uh, the directions he gave you isn't to a house. It's actually to the small tavern they have because that's what they've turned into a hospital. Yeah. Um, while I'm while I'm walking there, I want to do a perception check to see like the state of the town cleanliness, sanitation wise. Not twenty. Not twenty. Um, <laughs> the town itself surprisingly looks very clean. It's like there's no. There's no sewage running through the streets. Uh, the animals are pinned up where they need to be. The streets are, I mean, as clean as dirt streets can be and everything. Okay, so they're not just filthy. Yeah, it, it okay. doesn't look disgusting, so you're Nobody's pretty much ticking off dysentery. Yeah. It's not going to be. Nobody's shitting on the side of the road. No, no. Everybody shits in their proper pretties. Yeah. So what I was going to say is, like, I wanted to use that to rule out anything that could be caused from a dirty living room. Okay. Uh, I'd like to make a perception check to see if there's anybody shifty that's... I know there's only eight houses in the tavern, okay. but I want to see if there's anybody shifty, because he's looking for help. Walking through the town? More hiding, or trying to hide in the alleyway. Throw me some dice here, bud. We do an investigation or perception. That'd be a perception check. Perception. Actually, you could do either or, honestly, because you are directly looking for yeah. a type of person, but you're also scanning a wide area, so I can accept it. That is a whopping seven. Whopping seven. Okay, yeah, there's not really anybody out on the streets. Everybody looks like they're kind of quarantining themselves into their homes and stuff. But it looks like the town's kind of on lockdown. Um, so you walk up to the tavern. Do you... I knock entry when we get there. Okay. I assume there's someone taking care of them or watching the people. I like, if the door's open, I walk in. But if it's closed, knock, knock on the side. Okay, um... A uh, human male comes walk up to the door and he opens it up and he's like, he's like, uh, sorry, we're closed. Uh, kind of having an issue here. So. No, I hold hold up the medicine bag again, like just kind of waist high. Like does it have like the like a medical symbol? On it? Yeah, it has like okay. the, little, right. the staff, the uh, oh, the catechist. Yes. Okay. All right, we'll go ahead and say catechist exists. <laughs> Faerun. <laughs> Pretty sure All it's right. actually a god symbol in D and D. It's supposed to be the symbol of Hermes. Anyways, we'll say it does. <clears throat> Boom, it happens. But uh, Welcome to fucking D&D homebrew. Well, I'm like, I'm a doctor traveling through the area. I want to see if I can give some help out. Oh, oh okay. And he opens up the door, and he's, he just kind of brings you in. And he's like, he's my, my name is uh, Jarek. I'm the tavern keeper, but, you know, I knew a little bit of medicine, so they've been bringing people here so we can kind of keep everybody safe and 
we have three patients currently in here. You can see a young human woman sitting propped up on like one of the benches kind of against the wall. They turned them into makeshift cots. Um, she looks like she's having slight coughing fits, but everything else, she seems to be okay. Um, next to her is an older human, male. Uh, he is sweating profusely and coughing very hard. And then on next to him is another young human man, and he is sweating, writhing in pain, and he is actually coughing up a little bit of blood. So I'm gonna I'm gonna go to him first. Okay. And I'm gonna ask Sung, be like Sung, can you hold him down so I can examine him? Yep. And then oh, if you ask him to lay still, he'll lay okay. as still as he can. But he is like having okay. coughing fits every once in a while. He's not. Okay. I didn't know if he was able to control it. Yeah, he can. Okay. I mean, the pain is just he's just like ah fuck. Okay. So, but if you're like, hey, I'm a fucking doctor, lay still, and he'd be like, okay, hey, okay. So I do that, and then I'm gonna do a medicine check on him since I'm, he seems to be in the most pain. I'm gonna help. Okay. So we'll add five to that. Because, yeah, you'll help him stay still. That'll be a 26. <laughs> I rolled a 16, and I have plus 5 to medicine, so 26. <laughs> I put the DC fairly low for this because you're all level 1, but, yeah, go ahead and blow the fucking DC up. <coughs> okay, so, for this. have you, as you have been through your doctor's notes and stuff, you've seen this before. You know what this is. This is a disease called scrofula. It's a lung disease caused by caused by germs. You know which mushrooms and herbs would be needed to cure it, and you can leave instructions to make the cure. And you know it's pretty common uh, herbs and stuff that would be in the nearby area more than likely, so you could find a way to cure. I give the tavern keeper a thing of quick instructions of like something I have that would ease their immediate suffering, and then because of how the town is, I just get some, tell him what we're looking for, and go to gather it. Okay. Instead of trying to send sick people in the town oh, to no, do it, we go do it before we leave and get enough that would treat a town at least this size and once over again. Okay. So, the tavern keep, he looks at it, um, and he's like, it's like, this is very similar to the cure that we had before. I just don't know why it didn't work. I it's think like, this is strange. There's something going on. He's like, hold on. And he's, and he's like going through it and he pulls out another sheet of paper. And he's comparing notes. And he's like, hmm, this has one extra ingredient. What do you mean? I take a look at it with him. You look at it and it's, um, there's one herb on the other list that's missing that you have on the Like it's one of the minor ingredients, but you can see that if you don't put that in, the cure won't last as long. It's like a, so I'm gonna look You're at missing this a binding a, agent. There you go. Thank you. So can I do a history check to see if this is a recent thing of this or a, like the new discovery or not? Or this is an old thing? Yeah, you can. Like the note he has being old? No, that recipe. Oh, okay. Because I know testing. So that gives me an 18 history check. Okay. Um, you can, you're looking at it and it's just like, you're like, no, the recipe I gave you, we've been using for, you know, 50 years. So that would keep me in something, something was malicious yes. about this, is what and I want. So he looks at you and he's like, he's like, uh, what was your name again, sir? I kind of, I turn, I look around and I'm like, I look at Sung and I'm like, watch the door for me. Sung immediately puts his, the hand, his hand on the hilt of his rapier at his side. And I just look and up, I, uh, towards the door. My, my name is Alexander Victor von Glacidiums. know the Glossidiums well, but I have heard name in passing. Uh, you guys are not far from here is where your state is. No, uh, we just recently left out to go explore the world and follow in the founding ancestor's path. And he's just kind of, he starts like rubbing his bed. And he, and he's looking very anxious, like he's looking around the room. He's like, sir, I can tell you this. Uh, Sarah, and he points to the lady on the bed and just barely got any symptoms anymore. We've, we've given her the cure twice. Um, this is how well she's recovered each time, and then she goes right back to it. But this all kind of started, and he kind of ushers you back away from the patients again because he doesn't want her to hear. He's like, this all kind of started when she brought this new gentleman to town. Um, 
Let me find his name. Uh, his name was Gerald. And uh, shortly after she got sick with this, um, Gerald's brother Simon came to town selling a certain medicine. And, uh, but every time they cured one person, another person would get sick. And then the previous person that they just cured would get a sick again. This might be wise because your agent looks like it's got the right ingredients for this. There's this. So Alexander kind of sits there and he, he looks very, very irritated as he's getting told this mm-hmm. because people are obviously trying to take advantage of this town. And so he, he is livid, so he's like, okay. And he he kind of looks at the young woman, and he, he, I'm going to do an insight check to judge how, you know, honest, if I got the full story from this tavern keeper, or if he okay. was kind of maybe trying to push my attention somewhere else. No, fair, go ahead. 13. 13? Yeah, he seems like he's legit. I mean, it's... I, you could tell as soon as he, like, pulled you away and started talking about what he thought was going on, uh, Sarah kind of like downcast her eyes and like, looked away like, shamefully. But you can, it, it seems like he's telling you the truth. So, so I kind of, I would have been able to hear him from that, right? Mm-hmm. Some go, starts walking towards uh, Alexander. Says, "What is the next plan?" I can tell you, Sarah. Um, and he looks over at some, and he's like. Sure about you. I mean, you look fun. Friend definitely looks fun. If you would like, I do not look formidable. Oh, I'm five foot five and skinny, like light. He's being polite to the yeah. nobility, okay? <laughs> but um, so he's massaging your butt cheeks. Yeah, I just I kind of grin at him at that. I just kind of chuckle. I'm like, you're good. You're good. The uh, the Aiden brothers, these two gentlemen, Gerald and Simon. They have a cart stashed on the edge of town, and that's where they sell their medicines from. So, would like to go have a chat with them? I, uh, um, I can tell you there's a barn not far from their wagon that is abandoned. And I will, I will find somebody in town that can run and start grabbing these ingredients, and we will start making this poultice and curing these people. So I have three gold on me. I pull a golden coin out, and I give it to them. And I'm like, use this to help people, you know, get more stuff, get recovered from it. I like some, and I'm like, we're gonna go talk to these people, um, and then we're gonna escort them to the nearest authorities after we uh, take handle of this situation. Some understands what the look in Alexander's face means. You mean it's time to go to work? Yeah. Yes. Jared, so I go. Takes your coin, bows, and opens the door for you. I uh, we we head that way. To it is uh, like early evening, just to be. I head uh, for their cart, and I uh, ob- I get one of my gold pieces out. Okay. And I'm kind of, like, doing it obviously, and then as we get close, I explain to some on the way, I'm going to pretend like we're here to try to cure them and make a name for ourselves, and we're willing to spend a lot of money to get this stuff, to get them alone. And then we're going to leave town with them. With just the two of them? Yes. Are we not going to handle this the normal way? Oh, that's why we're leaving town. Easier to dispose in the water. Okay, so as you guys are walking out, again, small town, so it's really easy to spot the cart. Um, you see two gentlemen sitting outside the cart. They've got a door open on the side, and there's a bunch of different glass flasks in there. With it, it looks kind of like a Katika symbol, but you can tell that it's not quite right. And as soon as you guys start walking up. One of them stands up. Oh, hello, me lords. How are you this evening? Good, good. How could we help you? Need to get some uh, ingredients. I just, you know, need to restack my bag before we leave town. And I was hoping you guys could help. Everyone said you'd been helping with the medicine uh, in the area. Oh, terrible plague going on. Terrible plague, sir. Wish, I mean, we're trying to do what we can with our cure, but it, this plague seems to be be taking its toll on it. He's like, yeah, well, no. I'm like, I hold up the gold coin. I'm like, well, hopefully this will, you know, help you keep them in stock with stuff oh, and wait, be able to resupply yourself. And uh, and I I list off several random medicine medicine ingredients. Okay. You see the other brother pull out a notepad and he's starting to write it down. And I'm like, how about how much would that run me to get a you know three patient supplies worth? You know. And then they kind of look back and huddle together and they're like, 
whispering amongst himself, and then the other one stands back up and he's like, Oh, it'd be probably two gold, sir, and we can retrieve all this for you. I mean, it's, it's probably in this area, but it's going to take a little while for us to get it, so, you know, that pays for our time and, you know, all the work we're going to put in to give you this cure. Pull the other gold coin out, and I'm like, perfect, and I, I motion to some, and I'm like, take, take my servant with you. He can, uh, he will follow you along for this to uh, go in the woods and store the stuff. He knows the correct methods Dude, for the it. Notepad writing brother's eyes get <laughs> And I'm like, do not worry. He has been a, he's been tamed. No, sir. No, sir. It's fine. We, me and my brother, myself, we can handle it. It's, it's not a problem. You can keep your, keep your servant with you. He does not need to escort us. It's some takes a step towards the brother that's speaking, and looks at, looks down at him. Because I'm assuming he's under six five. Oh. Looks down at him and, <laughs> in a very gruff voice, goes, I insist. And Alexander's like, so do I. And I, uh, I give okay, him so help for his intimidation. Oh, no. You don't even need to. <laughs> okay. It's... Okay. So the brother that's been talking and standing up, he grabs hold of his brother, brother and he's like, sir, listen. It's a farce. We've been, we've been kind of, you know, extorting, if you would, this town a little bit. Um, we, we have a cure that will work, and you, you can take it with you and everything. Just, just, we just want to leave with what we have, and um, we, we'll get out of town, and the two of you will never, 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 never ever see us again. Roll inside on this. Okay. I want to do a sleight of hand check to palm my dagger. Okay. 16. You can pretty much see some pee dribbling out of his brother's pants. <laughs> you can tell they are definitely terrified. Sleight of hand is 18. Absolutely. Nobody sees you palm. So you can tell he is legit. If you just let them go with everything they've made, they'll disappear and you'll probably never see them again. You can leave with what you have on you right now. What you've tried to take from this town will be used to help them recover. So, I mean, we have all our money's in the cards. We would have no money to help we survive out there. It's... I tossed the two gold to him. Okay. He fucking grabs it. He grabs his brother by the fucking back of the shirt. Go! 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 And they start fucking running down the road. Some looks over at Alexander. Now, are we actually letting him leave this time? We'll let them leave. If they're pretty sure they're not going to do anything like this, and since no one died yet, we can let this pass. Okay. So? I go back to the tavern keeper, and I'm... I, uh, we do have a word with Sarah to see if she was involved mm-hmm. in this. And I just kind of, so ma'am, and I give her the potion. I wait till she's healthy first. I'm not going to do this to a sick person. Right. Um, but, uh, so, uh, did you have anything to do with the brothers? Um, it was, uh, it was, Gerald talked with Sweet, told me how pretty I was. He told me he was going to take me out of here and take me to Waterdeep and we could live the fanciful life and I wouldn't have to live in the small town and I, I thought he just liked me I didn't know that he was dosing his his, uh, his brother was making money killing us so, yeah I roll an insight check when we talk it's 12 she's still okay. she's fairly young okay. she's like mid 20s or so and I just I kind of as we talk I just kind of like you know when it, you don't want to realize this, I'm just like, well, do not, do not worry. We're all young once, and you know, we, we learn from our mistakes. Just keep this in mind, and the damage, no one died, so it's all good. Just keep this in as a lesson for the future. All I take from that cart is the three gold and restock any supplies I used. Okay, yeah, you'd get back where you uh, Tavern keeper is very happy with you. Uh, he's, he saw that the one potion is actually working. I think it's supposed to. Um, he's going to make some more, and he has said that he's going to name a drink after you guys. So, if you guys want to invent a drink, go for it. <laughs> I look at some, and I'm like, you only get workers drinks? I know a few. Alright, so, um, he's going to work. Um, he's trying to see what stocks he has, because he's also a general store, because they only have a tavern and a general store. So he's going to see what he has, but he's like, he's like you gentlemen, you've, you've done us a great deal here um yeah uh, so uh, if you guys would like to stay an evening we don't have much of an inn here but um we can make room for you here 
or you know you can stay and he like tosses you this little metal keys like my house is right next door um i live by myself so you are free to stay in my home and sleep if you would rather and is there at least a clean room in this place no it's it's an open tavern and general store that's it there's no okay so yeah he'll go he'll go take the house for the night as you know the thank you to do the the noble thing and accept their good kind you know the best they can give him is a thing and Okay. All right. I assume you follow with. Oh them. yeah. Okay. So, as you two are opening the tavern door and about to step out, it's when you see the black portal open at your feet, and before you can stop yourselves from falling, you are into the blackness and dropping. Can I throw the key behind me? <laughs> I'm fine. I'll give you one. Give me a deck saving throw. Twenty-two. Okay. Yeah. It. Fucking. As you're going out, you're like shit, <laughs> Kobe. <laughs> And it lands clattering on the floor somewhere. <laughs> I've got to make this joke. I'm going to feel horrible. About Go for it. it. Did he hit a wall? <laughs> no. Damn. It just lands on the floor, and he just looks, and the tavern keeper looks, and nobody's there, but this key's on the floor. And he's just like, huh. <laughs> so, as you all fall through the darkness of your own portals, you will all reach level two. Sweet. Holy shit, already? Oh, God. I told you I'm speed blessing this shit. Yeah, you weren't kidding. But that's where we will continue the story later. Thank you all very much for listening this week. We would also like to thank and give a shout out to TabletopAudio.com for providing all the music you heard in today's episode. Please follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Crossbows and Carnations. Follow us on Twitter at CrossCarn. Join our Discord at Crossbows and Carnations. Please rate and subscribe our podcast on Spotify and drop us some stars on iTunes. If you'd like to tell us how we're doing or just say hi, email us at crossbowsincarnations at gmail.com or message us on any of the other social medias. Thanks again for listening. We'll see you next week. Goodbye.